What is going on, everyone? It is Connor, the co-host with the most, back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. We are in week two of the NFL season, and this is going to be our annual buy or sell episode. We do this every year. We come up with a list of topics, and we decide whether or not we're... This is kind of like an overreaction sort of thing, um, and whether we are overreacting or not overreacting. So we have eight topics today to go over for that. And it should be a good time. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, everyone? Zach here. Uh, yeah, this is always a fun annual episode to do that we host in week two. Uh, we come up with different questions every year based on, you know, like Connor said, overreactions to weeks one and two. And now we're going to discuss what we're buying and selling. So um, I love these types of episodes. And uh, let's see if Connor and I famously disagree a lot in the past we'll see if that <laughs> continues <laughs> yeah definitely gonna be interesting to see how that goes because uh but although to be fair it seems like i've been disagreeing with eric more often recently than i've been disagreeing with you so yeah and uh... you and eric have been like vehemently opposed it seems like on some <laughs> things, you know, which is fun for me to sit back and listen to but yeah so all right so like i said we have eight topics that we're going to do today going around the shield for buy or sell um we're not going to have the in the past we've kind of had like this kind of spectrum thing on how like much we feel buy or sell this is just going to be you know straight down the line buy or sell no feelings about this i guess um you know just yes or no questions so we're going to get right into it with question number one, and this is going to be about the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, for everyone who watched the games on Sunday, Trey Lance suffering an ankle injury um, looked like it was a pretty similar ankle injury to what Dak Prescott suffered. So sounds like he is going to have to have surgery and he is going to miss the rest of the season, which means that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back in the starting lineup for the rest of the season. So is this going to be the end of the Trey Lance experiment in San Francisco? All right, you know, start starting off strong here with a disagreement already. Um, I guess yeah. I'll go. I guess I'll go first. For me, I don't think it's going to be the end for them. Like in my mind, I think they give him at least one more year. I don't think they would have gone through all the trouble to, you know, do what they've been doing with Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously, you know, they traded away all that capital to trade up to get Trey Lance. To me, I just think it's a little too early to give up on him. You know. He, it's a shame for their sake that, you know, he'll be going into year three with definitely them not seeing him as much. You know, he hardly played at all in year one. And now, of course, they've only got a game and a half of footage of him from year two due to this injury now. So um, in my opinion, I think they should move on from him, but I don't think they're going to just because of what they had to give up to get him. Um, I do think Jimmy G is the better quarterback of the two. So I think this works out for them for this season to help them, you know, help better their playoff chances. But I don't think it's going to be over uh, for Trey Lance yet. Yeah, I, I'm buying this just because uh, it, assuming he's going to miss the year, which it looks like he will. This will be now three years in a row dating back to his uh, senior season in college um, with COVID that three years in a row where he's played very, very little. That's just too long of a gap, I think, for any young quarterback to have. Um, Jimmy G, you know, they were – it almost was like they forced Trey Lance to win this job. It, it's like 
a lot of the players wanted Jimmy G to win. They, a lot of people in the organization thought Jimmy G's the better quarterback, but they forced it on Trey Lance because they gave up all that to get him. I think this is a case where the 49ers are going to admit a mistake rather than um, go with a lesser quarterback. That's why they ended up keeping Jimmy G is because they were worried about Trey Lance's health and even if he was going to be good or not. So uh, I do think this is the end for him in San Francisco, whether next year, whether that means he's a backup for the 49ers next year or traded to another team. I, I think it's it for the, uh, I think it's going to be it for him in San Fran. All right. Well, yep. go ahead and give us our second question here, Zach. Yep. So the next question, are you buying or selling that the AFC East division winning race will be closer than the AFC West. The AFC West at the start of the year hyped up all these four teams, any order it can be. Um, but the AFC East, the Dolphins uh, have started out 2-0. and So buying or selling on this, Connor? Not moving. <laughs> okay. I'm not moving either, actually. Um, (laughs) I'm buying this. I think um, from what I've seen from the Chiefs in the AFC East now 2-0, they, to me, just look like the most complete team in the AFC West. Denver's kind of, you know, they've had their struggles. They're 1-1. The Raiders dropped another game. Now they're 0-2. the, of course, the, the Chiefs beat the Chargers on Thursday Night Football, so they have the head-to-head match there. The Chargers are very good. I, I, I feel good about the Chiefs and the Chargers really having a good race, but um, in my opinion, I think the Dolphins are really going to give the Bills a run for their money in the AFC East. I actually think um, the Dolphins and Bills are going to be the, the closest competition for winning that, but... Um, you're still believing that the AFC West is going to have a, a closer division race. Yeah, I just think, you know, I think part of the reason why, you know, when you're looking at these records between these AFC West teams is part of it is because they've all played each other so far a little bit. You know, the fact that the Raiders, they're, yeah, they're 0-2, which is bad, and both losses came to division opponents. But, you know, they definitely, or well, no, sorry, the Raiders are, um, the Chargers were the ones that played two division opponents, but the Raiders are 0 2. One of those losses came to the Chargers. It was on the road. Um, you know, and the Chargers lost the divisional game to the Chiefs, but that was also on the road. So um no division no one has lost a home game against a divisional opponent yet. And yeah, the Chiefs are really good, but you know, I definitely think the Chargers, especially, are gonna give them a run for their money. They gave them a run for their money on Thursday night football. Um, Justin Herbert, you know, even without Keenan Allen out there, was looking really good. And Keenan Allen coming coming back only just makes it better. And especially for the Chargers' sake, like their pass rushing duo is just way too scary for me to think that they're not going to be able to compete with Kansas City. Like Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack in the two games that they've played together already, they're definitely already living up to the hype. You know, they're putting up good numbers. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. The Raiders, I think, are going to be fine. Um, you know, obviously, they'll, they looked decent in the game against the Chargers, but lost. And that wasn't good. They obviously blew the lead today in pretty embarrassing fashion to the Cardinals, although they really should have won that game had it not been for Hunter Renfro fumbling there at the end of the game. So I think the Raiders are also going to be fine. They just need to get in their groove. And I think the Broncos are going to be fine, too, at least like I don't know if the Broncos are going to be in the division race hunt, but I think they'll be OK now that they've got a win under their belt. Um 
and when it comes to the East, I do agree that the Dolphins are good, but I just don't see either the Patriots or the Jets being able to compete at all. Whereas I see the West being at least a three-team race. I think the East is only going to be a two-team race, and that's why I'm sticking with the sell on this because I think the Patriots, like you know, they beat the Steelers today, but the Steelers have no offense, so I like that's not that great of a win for me. And the Browns are obviously without Deshaun Watson aren't that good, so. While the Jets were impressive coming back, I also don't see the Jets keeping it up. So that's why I'm going to stick in the cell on this one. Yep. All right. And so let's go to uh, buyer cell number three. Next. Yeah. So this, <laughs> so this is definitely going to be an interesting one here. So this is basically kind of three AFC teams here on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, um, by the way, if you're listening to this, watch this episode on YouTube, so that way you can, you know, get to see. Uh, where we are with our things for sure before talking about them. Um, But we have three AFC teams here that are on the panic radar already. We've got the Broncos, who I just mentioned. They're one and one, although, you know, they really struggled today against Houston and lost to Seattle in week one. You've got the Colts, who tied with Houston and then got blown out by the Jaguars today. So they're 0-2. And then the Bengals, who lost at home to the Steelers in uh, overtime and then also lost to the Cowboys today without Dak Prescott and are also 0-2. So this is going to be like a three-team panic meter. So um, if you are panicking on this team, you're going to put them in the buy. If you're not panicking, you're going to put them in the sell. So where are we going with all three of these teams here? I, I, I like completely forgot my own uh, rules there. <laughs> uh, you said, um... yeah, no, I, I, I just did it okay. wrong. I just messed up my own rules. There is what I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I meant to put the Bengals and the Colts over here. <laughs> uh, now I'm like messing everything up. Here. Okay. So it looks like we got two teams that we're agreeing on one team that we're disagreeing on. So I'll let you, since you, watch the game against the Jags today. Tell me about why we're panicking on the Colts here. Yeah, major, major panic for the Colts, in my opinion. Uh, I know there were they had injuries going into this game, but uh, they the offensive line just does not look very good from the last two games, and that's the key to their offense, you know. Protecting Matt Ryan, he's not a very mobile quarterback to begin with, so, you know, the fact that he's a sitting duck back there, uh, the Jags and Texans both got pressure on him with this offensive line and also not allowing holes for Jonathan Taylor to explode through. Um, I think it's going to hurt their run game. And then just the fact that they've lost two games or they tied and they lost uh, both divisional games, you know, that that's really bad in week two to have uh, not won a divisional game when you've played two divisional foes. And both of those teams were predicted to be last in, in the division anyway. So the yeah, it's Titans, not like it, it's not yeah. like it was the Titans in one of those yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Now they, they were on the road in both of them. So they'll go back home, but still the offensive line concerns me. The weak start to divisional play concerns me. Frank Reich as a play caller, it didn't look good today for him as well. The defense looked bad for him. Um, I, I, I just don't see any real positive with the Colts. I know last year they started at 0-3. Maybe that's their only silver lining. But, yeah, not not a good start for the Colts. I'm definitely panicked for them. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jonathan Taylor can't carry that team himself. So mm-hmm. um, I think the Colts are finally 
after this season going to have to start trying to look to the draft to find a quarterback rather than cycling through old veteran quarterbacks. Um, But then the other team that we agree on that we're both not panicking on yet is the Denver Broncos. And in my opinion for them, it's just, I think getting this win against the Texans, like is really just going to, although they didn't look very good and Russell Wilson also didn't look very good. I think that's just kind of the morale boost that they need, you know, like, okay, they went into Seattle and lost to Seattle and, you know, that was unfortunate, but I definitely think that game was more a product of just, you know, what was going on with all the emotion in that game with, you know, the Seahawks, of course, really wanting to beat the Broncos because of Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson kind of let the game and the uh, environment get in his head because the Seahawks looked really bad today against the 49ers. So, you know, the Seahawks, I think they were just amped up in that game and played better than better than they actually are. So um, but for the Broncos, like I said, they just. They looked okay in the second part of the game against Houston. They got the win under their belt. And I believe in Russell Wilson. I'm a big believer in him. I think he'll get it together. And there's just too much talent on this team for them to not rebound. You know, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are one of the best running back tandems in the league. You know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy catching the ball. And this was a top five defense last year. I mean, the defense for sure has been pretty solid. They've only given up um, a combined, if I can actually do math here. Uh, on the fly they've only given up like a combined um, like 27 points in the first two weeks which really isn't that at all so I think the Broncos are going to be okay I don't know if they're going to be able to compete for a playoff spot anymore but who knows I believe in Russell Wilson Um, but moving on to the team we disagree on the Cincinnati Bengals Um, so I'll start here with why I'm panicking for the Bengals now I'm not so much panicking for them in the sense of that I don't think that they can compete in this division just because this division uh, as a whole has really not gotten off to the best start. But I definitely think they're this whole thing that the Bengals were not just playoff contenders, but Super Bowl contenders, I definitely think is out the window right now for me, because from what I've seen, the Bengals, you know, they went out and spent this money to fix their offensive line problems. Their O-line problems are still there. You know, like the Steelers had seven sacks against them. The Cowboys were all over Joe Burrow today. The O-line is still garbage. Like, I don't know. They should get their money back on these investments if these O-linemen don't start improving because Joe Burrow is under constant duress. And we saw that happen last year where I think they kind of went on a Cinderella run and got overrated last year a little bit. And I think it's showing now when they're basically the same team and now they've lost to two teams that they really probably shouldn't have lost to, especially the Steelers game at home, the way that that happened. And then this Cowboys team without Dak Prescott that, you know, Cooper rush, he played pretty good, but they basically have no offense outside of that. And um, it just really makes me panic for them, especially in the AFC with how stacked the AFC is. Like I don't see them, in any way, shape, or form, being able to compete with the likes of the Bills, Chiefs, or Chargers, who are the top teams in the AFC right now, in my opinion. And even going against, like, the Ravens, who, you know, the Steelers they can compete with because the Steelers don't really have much of an offense at the moment. But going against the Ravens and Browns, who do have good offenses, I just don't see them being able to compete with them. But tell me why you're not panicking on the Bengals yet. Yeah, definitely... I would say concern, but not. I'm not at the panic side like you are on this. I just think, yes, they did spend all this money in the offensive line, but that's the thing is it takes an offense, a, a new offensive line time to gel. Uh, I 
I personally wasn't expecting them to be great anyways early in the season. It's going to be with all these new offensive line pieces, a lot, you know, some of which were injured over training camp. So they really haven't gotten that much experience yet together. I think by mid season, we'll know if this is for sure the same offensive line as it was last year. Um, so it's more of a wait and see on the offensive line for me. And then um, also too, they have the quarterback still. I know he hasn't looked great so far this year, but I'm still a, a burrow believer. I think, you know, if you have that quarterback, uh, you really shouldn't panic um, or at least wait a lot longer to panic if you have that quarterback. And then, you know, the, the two games that they've lost uh, have been combined six points, you know, so it's not like they've been blown out. They easily could have won both these games. Um, definitely it's concerning for them to be starting off 0-2, but I'm not there just to panic just yet. But if they <laughs> if they were to lose next week, I think for sure panic. Well, just a fun little stat. Every team there since 2020, since the playoff got expanded to 14 teams, no team that started 0-2 made the playoffs. So that's actually an, definitely an interesting idea. But Zach, what's our next topic? Yep. So let me go back to the main screen here. Our next um, buy or sell is going to be, uh, will this be Brady's worst individual season? Um, I'm not going to include like some of his very early new England years um, in this, like that, like that 2002 season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like in modern memory, you know, is this going to be his worst season buying or selling? And uh, yeah, we're both agreeing on this one uh, that it is. I just think, you know, living in Tampa here, I I listen to the Buccaneers radio stations a lot and, and get a lot of the news coming from the team uh, there's definitely concern with the whole now, I guess he's, this has just been announced, but I guess Wednesday, he has Wednesdays every Wednesday off now, um, which for a veteran is not a crazy thing, but for Brady it is. Um, and then uh, just the whole Giselle thing, it seems like his family and football lives are colliding together and, he hasn't looked great to start the year. New Orleans has a good defense, obviously. He he traditionally struggles against them. But um, for all the weapons this team has, I really would have expected more. I know Godwin didn't play in this one. But, yeah, I, I think the Bucks are going to be okay. But this is definitely going to be Brady's last season. And, and it's not going to be an MVP-type season either. So... Yeah, I definitely could see this being reminiscent of the uh, 2015 Broncos. Like, I don't think Brady will play as bad as Peyton did that year, but, like, this is definitely one of those that if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, in my mind, it's going to be on the backs of their defense because uh, the offense really isn't outputting the way it, it should right now. Uh, but moving on to the next question here, so from uh, a team with the the goat at quarterback to a team with quarterback problems, um, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers, there was, you know, Mitchell Trubisky in his second game. Now one and one as a starter. The offense was still struggling to get going. There were at times during the game uh, today that the Pittsburgh crowd was chanting for Kenny Pickett. They wanted Kenny Pickett to come into the game. Is it now time for Kenny Pickett to come in and play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, buy or sell? Guess we're not moving. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, we're both agreeing that it's time for Kenny Pickett to come in. I 
you know, we've talked, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I was not happy with the Mitchell Trubisky signing. You know, I really didn't want him to come to Pittsburgh. I, I was hoping that if we were going to go out and get one of these free agent quarterbacks, it would have been like Jameis Winston or someone like that. Um, but it's just Trubisky just doesn't look right. You know, he looks like the same player from Chicago where he's not reading the field all the way. He's, you know, making poor decisions. Like the interception he had was really bad. He was trying, it was literally from his perspective, there was two new England defenders like in front of and behind George Pickens. And he was trying to fit it into this really, really tiny window and predictably, the defender in front tipped it, and then the defender behind intercepted it. And it was just one of those throws that no good quarterback would ever make. So, And there's a lot of people on the Steelers page that are talking about, oh, well, it's the play calling, or oh, it's the offensive line. Like, the offensive line actually gave Kenny Pickett a lot, or Kenny Pickett, Mitchell Trubisky a lot of time to throw the ball today. In, in my opinion, the O-line was not the problem in this game. It was Mitchell's decision-making, and... I just think it's time, like, you know, just put the rookie in there. Let him get some playing time. Tomlin at the start of the year said that he was planning on starting Trubisky for all 17 games, which I think is ludicrous when you spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. So, in my opinion, I think the fans were right to be calling for Kenny because I think Kenny needs to get into the game for sure. Yep, agree with everything you said there. Um Sticking with, you know, Connor had a Steelers question. I've got a Jags question now. Um, so the Jags, obviously, 24-0 to blowout win over the Colts today. Uh, they were obviously close in week one against the Commanders. Really, Eric and I could talk about that and talk about how much they should have won that game. But uh, will the Jags be competing for a playoff spot here in the AFC, loaded AFC, by or sell? Ooh, so disagreeing, <laughs> disagreeing again here. And it, it it's for the non-YouTube um, listeners, it's uh, as you would expect uh, a disagreement. I'm buying this, Connor is selling it. Uh, I think, here's the thing. I don't believe so much that they'll be competing for a wild card spot. I mean, obviously, I think they'll be in the mix for that. But um, I think really it's the division this is a weak division people are saying it's, it's the worst and it definitely could be the worst division in football so that gives you a chance um already one and zero in division play they took care of business at home against the colts um it's a favorable schedule from last year's record uh but the things i've seen just throughout these first two weeks one the offense just looks so much better than it did last year. It's like they're actually coming up with offensive game plans, uh, <laughs> making, you know, drawing up routes for receivers to get open. Christian Kirk's been very good. Um, Evan Ingram's looked really good. The Trevor Lawrence, this game was super accurate. I think the offense, they dialed it back a little bit. They didn't take as many deep shots, um, just kind of throw some easy passes, uh, easy routes and stuff, and it, and it worked. James Robinson and ETN are are two really good running backs. The defense had three turnovers, three interceptions today. I think the defense is a lot better. Last year, they just couldn't create turnovers. They've done that so far this year. You know, Josh Allen and Walker providing a pass rush. I mean, I'm like I'm naming good NFL players on this team. This this is a team full of good enough players to come together as a team with Doug Peterson as a head coach and compete for the AFC South, I think, this year, especially when there's no 
clear-cut uh, team. We'll see if the if the Titans upset the Bills. Obviously, that would put a setback to this. But um, if if the Titans lose to the Bills on Monday Night Football, the Jags uh, will be in first place in the division. So I think you know two games in, but you know I'm I'm gonna buy the you know I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the <laughs> I have hope. Uh, but what say you, Connor? Yeah, well, I definitely agree with you that they really have no chance at a wild card, in my opinion. Um, like the wild card's going to be fought out between teams like you know the Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, uh, Chargers, Raiders. You know those teams. But to me, it's just I still think the. T- I mean, like I know I, at the start of the year I predicted the Colts to win the division, but <clears throat> you know I still picked the Titans to finish second, and I still think the Titans are what's going to be in the way of the Jags winning this division. Um, you know, and also I don't, the thing for the Jags for me also is that, you know, they got the win over Indy in this game. Um, although the other thing is that Indy has had some historically atrocious performances in Jacksonville. Whereas, you know, when the script, the script is flipped, the Colts tend to be the ones that come out on top. So, um, and also, so I don't think the Jags are really clear of the Colts just yet. I think the Texans are a better team than a lot of people give them credit for. Like they're definitely not good by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, speaking of how the Colts struggle against the Jags, the Jags really struggle against the Texans, which I think Eric said that like, you guys haven't beaten them and like uh, you've lost like four straight games against the Texans. So, or something like that. Yeah. Well, we haven't beat them since uh, 2017 when they made the right. AFC championship game. Right. So that year, but yeah, I've lost ever since. Yeah, so, you know, the Jags tend to struggle with the Texans, and I think the Texans are better than people give them credit for. Um, and just the Titans, like, I have a feeling the Titans are going to start 0-2, but, you know, the loss of the Giants is obviously not good, but losing to the Bills, in my mind, there's no shame in that if they end up losing that game, considering how good the Bills are. So I think the Titans are going to be the ones that stand in the way there. And to me, I just want to see how the Jags do against, you know, some I'm, some better teams just because the Colts are really in shambles right now. Like that result really wasn't that surprising in my mind. Um, and the commanders like, well, I think they're an okay team. They're definitely not an upper crust level team. So um, despite the favorable schedule, I don't know if the Jags are gonna be able to keep it up. Um, it's definitely way more possible than I would have thought at the start of the year, but I just think the Titans are still going to be the ones that get in the way. All right, so moving on to the next one, we have the Detroit Lions, who, you know, they're one and one. They had a really big offensive explosion in both games that they've played against the Eagles and against the Commanders, two NFC East teams. Um, Was this meant to be? So the question here is they've had back to back 30 plus point games from the Lions. Is it a good sign or a bad sign for the Lions? I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying, like, is that is this going to keep oh, going like, for Yeah, them? are the like, Lions going to be able to – okay, I got you. So yeah. are the Lions going to be able to keep up this high-powered offense? Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Okay, so <laughs> we're still disagreeing here, but we just flip-flopped. Um, so I'm buying. Zach is selling. I definitely think that they can keep this up. I think Jared Goff – you know, he's definitely not an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a serviceable enough quarterback in my mind. Um, DeAndre Swift is a really good running back, and they also kind of have, you know, a little bit of a one-two punch with Swift and Jamal Williams. You know, Jamal Williams, he's not fantastic either, but 
he can definitely be a serviceable running serviceable running back to come in and you know take some of the workload off of DeAndre Swift so that way they're not running him into the ground kind of like how Tennessee does with Derrick Henry or how Pittsburgh did with Najee Harris last year. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown has been fantastic the first couple of games. You know, he's definitely been a bit of an underrated receiver. You know, he had a really good breakout year last year and he's been really good this year so far too. And I think he's really stepping up to be a big target for, um, for Jared Goff. TJ Hawkinson, you know, he's not really had the best first couple of games, but he's still an upper tier tight end in my mind. And it's something that also not just the talent that the Lions have that I think is going to be what keeps this up, but I think it's just going to be the necessity in my mind a little bit because the Lions, their defense isn't very good from what we've seen so far the first couple of weeks. And it's going to be one of those things that they're going to be one of these teams that they're going to win or lose based on what happens in these shootouts. And they're going to continue to put up points and it's like live by the sword, die by the sword. And that's going to be the Lions this year in my mind win by the shootout, die by the shootout. Um, you know, Jared Goff is a, as a gunslinging quarterback, Dan Campbell likes to take a lot of risks and I can definitely see this team, you know, they're definitely not going to do it every single week, but I can definitely see them doing it more often than they don't do it. Yeah. I, um, I disagree with this. I think, uh, week one against the Eagles, a lot of it was garbage time points. The Eagles had a big lead kind of just, played soft, let the Lions back into it. This week, obviously not the case. Uh, they they had the lead the whole game against Washington. Um, and I'm a fan of the skill position players, the offensive line. But to me, the thing that's preventing me from buying on this is just Jared Goff. I think he's too inconsistent of a quarterback for me to buy this. I think we've seen the good Jared Goff, but trust me, we're going to see the bad Jared Goff for sure. Um, so... <laughs> Because of Jared Goff, I think it's not going to be consistent for the Lions. I think they'll have their moments. They're, you know, not going to definitely going to be a step up from last year for them. But uh, I, I just think overall they're going to end up being too inconsistent for me to to say yes to this. But um, we will uh, finish these questions out by talking about the New York Giants. So will the Giants... Eric's favorite team, the New York Football <laughs> Giants? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Giants 2-0, and obviously, right now. Will they be over 500? So uh, will they get nine wins this season, buy or sell? Okay, okay. <laughs> it took a while there, but uh, <laughs> Connor moved his, uh, his icon back over to the cell, so we both agree that the Giants will not be a over 500 team with nine wins. Um, I just think it's been two really close wins for the Giants. These these very close things tend to even out as the season goes on. Um, I think we've seen this before with the Giants where they've gotten out to decent starts and then it all fell apart. Um, still not a believer in Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley looked really good week one, not as good this week. So... I, I think the Giants, uh, it's obviously you have to feel better about the Giants now than you did starting the season. But, um, you know, I still think Washington's good in their division. Philly is clearly the better team. Uh, Dallas won today with Cooper Rush. So the division is tougher than I gave it credit for in the, at the start of the season. I just, 
I, I think they'll, you know, definitely stack up some wins, but to get nine wins, I I'm gonna disagree with that. Yeah, I, I I am agreeing with you though. Just I don't believe in Daniel Jones whatsoever, and you know Saquon Barkley, like you said, he was good week one, but I think that was just kind of like a flash in the pan, you know, like that he's he wanted to get back and show that he could still do it, but I think he's gonna end up being just kind of mediocre, or he might just get hurt again. You know, you never know with <laughs> Saquon Barkley, but um, and especially now, I think from my, in my mind that like. You know, there's no eight and eight anymore. I think it's even harder to get 500, and I just don't see them doing it. Um, but that's going to be it for this episode, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed our buy and sell edition. Uh, let us know down in the comments if you disagree with our takes, agree with our takes. Um, you know, we disagreed with each other quite a bit here, so make sure you let us know down below. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. You know, follow us on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sports. Uh, we got some more content coming out for you in the future. I know, Zach, you're going to be releasing a Kevin Durant video here coming up soon. Yeah, um, yeah. And I've got my NHL videos that will be coming out. So we still got content coming out despite being done with the uh, NFL previews. Um, so we got and as well as the lock board that will be coming out weekly. But again, thanks so much for watching. And Zach, I'll let you give the line. Yep. Be clutch. And for Eric, peace.